Shrimp on the barbie. Shrimp, 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 shrimp on the barbie. Do you respect that? That's corruption. I could make a fake snake. Do you not pee in the pool? Do you, 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 you not pee on the barbie? All of myself is clean. <laughs> Broadcasting from the Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut, welcome to the Hardmark Podcast, a show where I, Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan of over 30 years, introduce one match per episode to my co-host who has never watched wrestling. We talk about the backstory, we watch the match, and then we rank that match on our ever-growing list. The purpose of this show is to see what happens when someone who's never watched wrestling is introduced to his most notable matches, and without any further ado, my lovely co-host, Flyin' Ryan Murphy. Welcome on this fine June day, June 23rd, Ryan, we're here. We, we had rumpus time last week, now we're back to talk about some, some wrestling. Are you in a grappling type of mood? I am, Eric. I'm in any type of mood today. How, are you pre- are you predicting a win here today? I mean, I feel like you've been throwing a lot of matches at me that are like they're against they're going against me. Like you're trying to fuck with my record, um, and I don't I don't I can't recall. Maybe I I want a straight one on one real real match here. <laughs> well, you were in luck, sir, because that's exactly okay. what you're going to get. No team, no three teams situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing like that. It's just mono mano, man to man, two two dudes grappling. What it's all about at the end of the day, Ryan. That's what I'm here for. That's why I started this podcast. You've come to the right place. <laughs> well, let's get right into it. We won't dilly dally any longer. So back in episode 49. Uh, we saw a match take place in the Great White North, Calgary specifically, which pitted a hodgepodge team of Americans captained by Stone Cold Steve Austin against the Hart Foundation, led by Brett the Hitman Hart, who we've also seen quite a few times here on the program so far. So Austin in that match, Austin's string of bad luck against the Hearts continued in that match where he was actually beaten by Brett's younger brother Owen to lose the match for his team. Incensed, Austin would charge Solo back into the ring after the match, eventually being let out in handcuffs and flipping the bird to the angry Canadian fans during his exit. So that's kind of where we left off in this whole Stone Cold Steve Austin story. That saga is that big Canadian stampede 10-man tag team match. So all of that led to a pivot in Steve Austin's attentions. While the ultimate goal was still to avenge his losses against the Hitman, he started working his way through the Hart Foundation themselves, specifically targeting the man who had pinned him in the Canadian stampede tag match Owen Hart. Owen, who Ryan previously mentioned bore a striking resemblance to his Uncle James, was the baby of the family. Owen Hart was the youngest of the 12 Hart children, and along with his brother Brett, was one of the standouts of the family athletically. Whereas Brett tended to stay grounded for most of his matches, Owen had been a high flyer early in his career. He made a name for himself in Japan, Mexico, and Europe before he followed in his brother's footsteps and joined the WWF. 
as far as Owen, his kind of WWF career, he and Brett would eventually become rivals with Owen playing the scheming younger sibling, jealous of his older brother's success and adoration. But when Brett turned his back on the fans of the United States, he and Owen would finally mend their relationship and align in the new and improved Hart Foundation. So after the big victory in that 10-man tag match in Calgary, Owen would crow to anyone who would listen that he was the man who beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. So that set Austin's sights on Owen, as well as the Intercontinental Championship that Owen Hart had in his possession. To further incentivize Owen to accept his challenge, Austin would throw out a stipulation for their match. If he did not beat Hart for the Intercontinental title, he would kiss Owen's ass in the middle of the ring. <laughs> I'll pause here. I could. I, this is what makes wrestling wrestling. Absolutely. You know, this kind of shit. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I'll, yeah. I'm not going to. I almost said at the Stein holding contest in Vegas. <laughs> I almost That's made a, a similar thing. I'm not going to say that, though. I don't feel that confident. Yeah, well, you should. <laughs> with the tantalizing thought of embarrassing Austin with the ultimate humiliation, Owen accepted the challenge. And that match was set for SummerSlam to take place on August 3rd, 1997, great year, in East Rutherford, New Jersey. So that is the build-up to our match here today, Ryan. Any thoughts uh, on Owen Hart, a.k.a. Uncle James, Stone Cold Steve Austin, etc.? I want to know why you introduced this match broadcasting from Connecticut. Uh, I, I, there wasn't any particular reason. I uh, It didn't tie into the match at all? I thought no, it might tie in. It did like, not. No, it's Heath Rutherford, New okay. Jersey. But uh, I know. <laughs> the, my childhood, it seemed like the WWF uh, during that era... Every few shows, they were broadcasting live from the Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut. So it just has a very near and dear place in my heart uh, whenever I hear. But it has to be that exact same phrasing. Like if it was any other building in Hartford, it wouldn't carry the same nostalgia for me. So it has to be the Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut. And you have to say it that exact same way. I just picked it. I I should know this stuff. Be in on the loop. Well, now you are. Now you're part of the secret society. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. So Ryan's record, as it stands right now, which again, if this is your first episode, basically the idea is I give Ryan the little rundown of the match that we just went through here. Uh, and then Ryan, as we watch the match, will attempt to predict a winner, uh, and then we'll kind of track his progress as we go along. And then after we finish doing that, we'll rank the match in our ever-growing list. So Ryan's record right now, 33 wins, 26 losses. As far as some of the other analytics involved in this match here today, Ryan, your record at SummerSlam, so any matches that take place at WWF SummerSlam, is 2-1, and one, so two wins, one loss. Your record with matches involving Steve Austin is 2-2. Two and two. So 50% uh, there. And which, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think all but one time you've actually chosen Steve Austin to win. The one time you did not pick Steve, (laughs) the one time you did not pick Steve Austin was the scaffold match where you didn't even recognize him as Steve Austin because he had long blonde hair 
no goatee, who is not stone cold or anything like that. I go with the data, Eric. It doesn't matter to me if it's Steve Austin or anybody in the ring. <laughs> I, I pick based on the data. So. Uh, well, one other piece of data well, with that in mind, Ryan's record, and this is a very intriguing one. This is actually a, a new data point that I added for this match specifically. I was curious to see where you would fall for this. Ryan's record for matches involving the Intercontinental title. So that's kind of the secondary title within the, the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation. Your record for those matches is 4-0. and oh. So you were undefeated in matches involving the Intercontinental title so far. Makes sense to me. <laughs> and the average ranking of those Intercontinental title matches are 16. So they average 16 out of our 60. So they tend to be matches that you enjoy quite a bit. That's good stuff. That's good data, like right there. I, I bring the analytics. That's what I do. You bring me- I fucking money. This is the money ball of podcasts. A lot of people have said that. <laughs> Uh, you're welcome to to leave us a five star Spotify review saying that that we are in fact the Moneyball of podcasts. Uh, I am in fact the Brad Pitt in this situation. Saber metrics. Ryan is the Jonah Hill. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Any questions around anything we've talked about before we watch this match? No, excited to get into it. All right. Well, let's take a very brief break. We'll come back with our thoughts on the match. SummerSlam 97, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Owen Hart for the Intercontinental title. Thanks, everybody. Owen Hart, and the match has not even started officially. And Owen Hart going to work on that damaged knee. Like I said, Owen is ticked off. I'll tell you what, Owen may not only make Stone Cold kiss his derriere, he may make him French kiss him. All right, here you go. Watch this. Owen is trying to break that middle finger now. I don't blame him. Break his Stone Cold won't be giving anybody the finger Fight it off! Look at that! Let's see what Austin can do with him in! No! How about that? Let's go to Rick! Let's go! Let's go! Save to the Undertaker! Austin dropped right on his hand! Austin is hurt. And hurt badly. At least Austin's legs are moving. He may have suffered a stinger there. And Austin now, and Austin driving. No, pick it we're back we just watched stone cold steve austin versus owen hart what a whirlwind ryan (laughs) you're you're I don't know that I've ever seen you go from like one extreme to the next about a match so quickly. Yeah. But uh, what did you think of the match? I mean, I was having a, I had a really hard time getting into this match. I did. I didn't think it was good. <laughs> I liked like you know the setup and the environment. I liked all, I liked all of it, but like the uh-huh. match itself was pretty fucking lame. Until, I, like, you got to the... But, yeah. Until I, a man almost died in the middle of the ring. You see, so that's... <laughs> that fucking crazy shit, like... Uh, but, yeah, in the beginning of it, like, I... Yeah, I, I don't know. It was just... It had nothing. It was just all, like, kind of laying down, like, you know... Kind of laying down. a lot of star power. To, it had star power, but not, like, star power moves, like... Right. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mentioned this to you when we were watching it. Uh, I'll mention it again now. I liked the match a lot more when I was just watching it by myself, putting my notes together. 
I don't know what was different about watching it with you, but I, I felt the same way. I wasn't nearly as into it upon my second viewing as I was upon my first, and I don't really know what the explanation for that is. Just bringing everyone down. I guess, I don't know. I mean, you know, we're here talking about how you're in great spirits, a clean bill of health, and yet, you know, I don't know, you're just this Debbie yeah. Downer bringing everybody down. But I guess we'll go to the notes on the match, and I mean, we'll cover the most notable bit here in just a, a little while. But the video package, <laughs> I was the man who beat Stone Cold Steve Austin at least five or six times, just peppered throughout. Like, part of me wants yeah. to just start saying that in my general day-to-day life. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. yeah. I was, I think the most shocking part for me was the fact that when they were kind of flashed back to those bits from the uh, Canadian Stampede match, you actually remembered watching those things from a few episodes ago. A uh, big moment in the podcast history. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Man. A pivotal. A p- and it was fairly recent. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Uh, not all that long ago. Uh, so they kind of play that video package. And then I'm sure you're going to pat yourself on the back for this one. So Ryan's prediction, he made a point to do it before the match even started. Like, immediately after the end of the video package, Ryan made his prediction that Stone Cold Steve Austin was going to win this match. Yeah, I did. And, and like, so just to clarify, that was because of the story leading up to this match? Is that the idea? There's no way for me that Steve Austin and his legacy was going to be taken down by like him kissing someone's ass in the middle of it. There's just not it wasn't gonna happen. Like you saw everything building up. It was just easy to fucking call early. Like Because well, I mean, outside of the the kissing of the ass part, I feel like your your methodology was the same when we watched Brett versus versus Austin. The the match that broke your streak. I mean I, in more broad terms it was a redemption match, right? Like that sure. was yeah, yeah. that was what <laughs> I, it was easy to call. It was easy to call early. Right. He, he makes it look so easy every time he's on this uh, this program. I do. Yeah. So we got Owen Hart. He has his entrance. He's got his cool leather jacket on. He's got his slammies. He's got his intercontinental title. He makes his entry down to the ring. And then we have Steve Austin, who Steve Austin, they actually shoot backstage as he's walking and making his way to the what they call the gorilla position. That's the immediate backstage area before you come out, named after famous WWF personality slash announcer slash wrestler uh, slash everything, Gorilla Monsoon. But anyway, Michael Cole, my probably least favorite play-by-play announcer of all time, <laughs> confronts Steve Austin trying to get an interview with him. Austin continually just basically like, fuck you, shoves him off a bunch of times. But like... Maybe the highlight of that whole thing, like outside of the end, which I don't know if you'd like want to call the end of this match a highlight necessarily, but maybe the highlight of the whole thing is just that shot. They're behind Steve Austin. You hear the glass shatter for his theme mm-hmm. song. He makes his way out. They're following him, panning, and you just see the sea of people in the crowd that he's like, that are all cheering and screaming their ass off for Austin. It was a great entrance. Like there's not like it yeah. was like, I, I like that shit and it was very good. Like I, I, at that point I had very high expectations for the match <laughs> and that's what I like to see. You know, the mm-hmm. fans were into it. You had the great intro. Yeah. You know, you had a little backstory to it. It was great. We're fully now, you know, have reached the point where like all the, famous TikTok Austin videos. Like we're, we're in that era now. Like this is, 
that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. lucky, lucky for you. So Austin makes his entrance into the ring. Owen jumps him from behind, chop blocks him, starts working the leg. One thing that I thought was weird in this match, uh, Owen Hart starts the match by uh, working on Austin's leg, working on his knee. You know, Austin's got his knee brace on, etc. And then eventually, like later in the match, he starts working on the hands and, and arms and fingers of Austin. Yeah. And then he starts working on the neck at the end. So it's just kind of a little bit disjointed in my opinion he's he's weird with the fingers that that <laughs> it's not it's not i don't i don't i i said i don't like the finger thing but like he was acting really weird with fingers in general like he's just acting weird i think it was because of austin's love of flipping people the bird i mean but that's fine but he kept like kept like biting him and then the ref would say stop and then he would stop and then he just went at it again like you know you, it was just you, it was a finger thing like <laughs> thing and but you also made mention of the fact when we were watching it you don't like finger things i don't uh i don't like when people press down on like a desk with their fingers or like point to something and i I don't like finger stuff where it's where their fingers are bending in any sort of wait you don't what did you don't like it when people press down their fingers on a desk like they're like they're pointing to something on a desk and they push their finger down really hard. It kind of bends backwards. I think it's the most disgusting fucking thing. Like, oh, like I can't watch it. Like, that's... and people do it like all the time without any issue, and I fucking hate it. Like, it makes me cringe. Like, that's I, so I don't weird. Like it at all, that's yeah, very nah, strange yeah, I can't to me. Stand it, huh? Yeah. Is that the only weird finger-related anti-fetish that you have, or is that about it? What about double-jointed fingers? How do you feel about people? Yeah, it's it's. It's when they're the fingers are moving in like the wrong direction, like this, you know, like if they're just. It, but yeah. when they press down and it moves, like I don't know if that's would be the disjointed look, but like I do not like that at all. There's <laughs> just makes me upset. I'll make sure to keep that in mind for future matches. Yeah, he starts working the leg of Austin. Does Owen Hart? You know, he starts slamming the knee against the post, which we kind of saw back in the Canadian Stampede match uh, in episode 49. Austin fires back. There was a big Luthez press, which is basically a move where Owen was running at Austin. Austin, like, jumps, uh, kind of presses him down. And then the punches, I know you were a little disappointed by the punches. You basically claimed Austin was punching the mat instead of Owen's head at that part. That was... (laughs) And in, in the entire time we've done this podcast, that was one of the most obvious, blatant mispunches I've ever seen. Like, that was awful. Like, that would have <laughs> taken, that could take a good match and bring it back 10, 20 places. Like, just by doing that once. Luckily, like, the match I think was made up for, but like, that was fucking awful. Terrible, Eric. I, I don't know what to say about it. Like, I, how, the, that's what they. How can you make it that bad? Like I've seen so many matches, never seen it so blatantly obvious that they're hitting the mat. Like I mean, Austin. Uh, um, he wasn't. I wouldn't describe Austin as like a sloppy wrestler or anything like that. But there were certain moves in his arsenal, like those. He also did these kind of kicks in the corner that sometimes they just didn't look great. Generally speaking, in wrestling. The faster you're trying to do something, the shittier it's going to look. Like, bet slower is better, especially when it comes to like striking. Like, it, more impact, you get a chance to kind of like, you know, measure it a little bit more. The crowd has a chance to absorb it a little bit more. When you start doing like rabbit punches and, and stuff that's like too fast, it tends to be a little bit sloppier. And, and, you know, I guess that's what we saw there. I get it. I get that. Like, 
but it just seems like that's such a basic move that you should be able to do it a little like a little bit better than what we saw there well, for that performance. Let's get a you trained bit. up, and we'll see how well you do it, Ryan. Oh, better than that. Like. <laughs> Uh, where did I leave off? Oh, that's right. So eventually Austin, he grabs Owen by his hair and just starts basically lifting him up the and little. slamming him down. Like that part was good. That, that made up a little bit for the, for the punches. The little hair he had left. The little hair. That's right. The announcer <laughs> called the little hair he has left. Uh, that str- struck a nerve with Ryan. Look out, look out for the hard mark code for keeps here in the future, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yeah, it won't affect your penis. But um, (laughs) (laughs) Owen, then he has some athletic counters. We've got Austin with a big thumb to the eye, a little bit of back and forth. I think right right around here is where we have the finger stuff. Owen is biting Austin's fingers. Uh, He's also doing the joint manipulation where he's kind of like separating the fingers uh, out. I don't know if that is also a weird thing for you or not, but I'm sure you don't love it. They kind of brawl out on the floor a little bit. Big power bomb from from Steve Austin. Owen takes a powder. Austin catches them. They brawl back into the ring. Uh, at a certain point, Owen starts begging off like the "Please, please, don't hurt me." How do you feel about? I I know that was one of your early wrestling hatreds was when bad guys would like do the begging thing. Uh, have you sort of landed in a different spot on that now? I I didn't notice it okay. at all until you just I I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, I called it out when it happened. Oh, did you? Yeah, I was doing the please, Mister Austin. Please don't hurt me. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see it at all. Okay, well, apparently, <laughs> a very observational view for, for Ryan. If a guy's not getting his neck broke, he barely pays attention. Speaking of neck break, the neck vice, where you take the guy and you start like doing this to their neck. How did you feel about that move? Is that a good one that you like a lot? I mean, in this match, like it was just again another slow moment where I was like, they just kind of. He did it forever and didn't seem to do anything. He got back up, you know, like... Yeah, there was a lot more holds in this one that I remembered there being upon my first viewing. Like, I see in my notes, like, camel clutch, we've got, you know, headlock, uh, yada, yada, yada. But, like, there was definitely a lot of lulls in the match. I, I Part of me is curious how much longer that match was going to go. Like, I wouldn't be shocked right. if they probably had another, right. like, five <laughs> to ten minutes that they were originally yeah. planning for, to be honest. For sure, yeah. And who knows yeah. what, like, what that would have been. Like, maybe it would have been really, really good at the end. I don't know. But uh, obviously, we didn't really get a chance to see. So I guess we'll just kind of jump to the end here. Austin kind of starts coming back a little bit. He starts firing away, firing away with punches. And then Austin is attempting to do like what basically appears to me to be a, a tilt a whirl backbreaker type of thing. Owen, why is that funny? No, I just it's a tilt a whirl backbreaker, sir. That's, yeah. Owen, it's just what? Just say your it's thing. Just, it's just that you know, like all these fucking moves. <laughs> yeah, and it's like a it's like a tilt a whirl. Yeah, you know, it's like, like a tilt a whirl motion into uh, you just reversal. knew what it was. You could define it. You know, like, yeah. I, I had no idea. Listen, if fucking skateboarders can like name a kickflip and a fucking for sure, for sure. I know. It's just it's good stuff. Man. This is why you it's great content. Like, thanks, man. Appreciate the yeah, I, I, <laughs> a lot of sincerity from from the talent over here. But, uh, yeah, so Owen counters it, and then, I mean, we talked about this a little bit while we were watching the match, but basically, he has him in, in a not quite a standard pile driver position. So we've seen a lot of pile drivers. The, the standard pile driver, which actually the very first time you ever saw it, you were like, holy shit, like, it's an incredible fucking looking move. Yeah, yeah. A normal pile driver 
you're able to kind of protect your opponent a little bit more because you're both facing the same direction. In this one, they were not to be crude, but they were essentially like 69 ing each other. You could see Austin's head sticking out from beneath Owen's crotch. And so then when Owen goes down and sits on his ass, you're basically just fucking spiking the guy on his head, which is exactly what happened. I did notice when we kind of rewatched it a few times, though, Austin, or excuse me, Owen, he did try to land, I think he landed kind of more on his left side than on, than just like square center, but mm. it wasn't enough, obviously, as we it's saw. A, it's, a, it's a tough fucking move to perform every time you see it, and like, yeah, when it's done well, it still looks like brutal you know right and, and i don't know like it's such a risky fucking move like yeah yeah and it's and especially this version of that because it, and i'll give you two pieces of information that we didn't cover previously one steve austin had done that exact same move to uh, a wrestler in japan and injured that wrestler using uh, that move like neck injury. A, neck, a neck injury the exact same move, um, Mas- Masahiro Chono got hurt by Austin doing that exact same style of pile driver years prior. So that's fun fact number one. Fun fact number. Do you think that the way they did it, where they weren't facing the correct direction, was intentional, or did they just get caught up in that kind of direction? Like, I think it was intentional. And I think to do it that way. Yeah, yeah. I think Owen, because Owen was a veteran. Owen had it was he was not a rookie by any stretch of the imagination. I think he had mm. done a variation of this move in the past and been able to like kind of get away with it. I don't know if like they were just too tired. Maybe Austin slipped down further than Owen was expecting. I don't know what the deal is, but to kind of play into your question there, another little bit of information that we haven't yet discussed. Austin in his autobiography wrote about this match pretty extensively. Uh, He went into a fair amount of detail. He talked in his book about how they were discussing that very spot in that match, that move ahead of time. And so they were going back and forth where like uh, or uh, Owen was saying like, oh, and I'll give you a pile driver. Like you'll kind of counter this way and I'll just, and I'll land and sit on my ass. And Austin immediately was like, well, you got to land on your knees. And Owen was like, no, it'll be, it'll be fine. It'll, it'll land on my ass. And like, they went back and forth. And like, uh, the way Austin tells it, he basically was under the impression, like, okay, he knows not to land on his ass because he's going to fuck yeah. me up if he does it. And then clearly we saw what, what kind of happened from there. And then at that point, I mean, obviously the entire match comes to a screeching halt. Austin, if you know what you're looking for, you can tell he's like trying to move his his fingers and really can't. Like his his entire lower body from his torso down is just still. Essentially what happened was he got a really 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 bad stinger, uh which is a neck injury. It's not like a broken neck necessarily, but I'll oftentimes people who get stingers like they think that they're paralyzed for a little while. That's what exactly happened to, to Austin there. And so he's trying to move. He basically tells Owen, you need to buy me time. And so Owen, ba- did, go ahead. Did he tell, could you tell that he told Owen? Cause he was talking to the ref and like, you knew that like he was buying time, but like, did he say something to Owen like that? And 
like that you need to walk around for a little bit. I couldn't tell. Like, uh, I think he might. I, I couldn't. I, I'd have to rewatch it right now. It's possible he said it immediately after the move happened, but but after yeah. that point, he was communicating through the referee, like right, like he needs right. to like give me more time. I need to compose myself, that sort of thing. But yeah, so Owen starts walking around the ring, basically just like. Like, I'm going to win. I'm the winner. He's going to kiss my (laughs) ass. Like just vamping, basically buying time for Austin to to kind of regain his bearings a little bit. Vince McMahon, who's on commentary, is so quiet. As soon as he hears, (laughs) as soon as he sees this, he's like, my fucking golden goose. The the whole guy that we're going to build this whole fucking company around over the next year or two might just be fucking paralyzed. So this fucking sucks. Like you can tell that uh, that Vince knows Austin's hurt really, really bad, just based on his tone and what he's not saying in that moment. And then finally, the end of the match, Owen has his back to Steve Austin, and like he knows what's coming. Like I think they've basically yeah, arranged like yeah. I'm not going to be able to get up and do like a stone cold stunner or anything like that. <laughs> we need to make the best out of this really shitty situation. So Austin has his or excuse me, I keep doing this. Owen has his back to Austin. Austin crawls himself on his forearms because he can't use his hands at all. He struggles over, hits him with the absolute ro- worst roll up of all time <laughs> as described by Steve Austin. I'm not taking shots at him. Clearly yeah, yeah, he yeah, had no yeah. feeling in his extremities at this moment. So like it's a Herculean effort, but gives yeah. him with the worst roll up of all time, pins him one, two, three. I will say the one thing that kind of strikes me is a little negligent. Like obviously the move itself is a bad idea, but like I get it. You're trying to create a match, you've done this move before, whatever. I think the one negligent thing that I would point to at the end of that roll up, Owen kicks out of the roll up because he knows it looks shitty. Yeah. And like I get that he knows it looks shitty, so he's trying to like make himself like look strong. But it's like yeah. the guy might have a broken neck right yeah, now. You yeah, don't need yeah, to push yeah. off and kick out of that uh, that move. So that's the one I, thing I would say probably unnecessary. The the thing, like you said, like <laughs> you got you know this this the stinger, yeah, and then he bought himself some time, but he didn't even need to buy himself. He got back in fairly quick after like dealing with that kind of injury. It was maybe a minute to a minute fuck, and a half. Maybe a minute. Like yeah. thinking you might be paralyzed and then doing that, like Yeah. Holy shit. You know? Yeah. Just to even roll over and be able to do that, like Yes. And you can see highly impressive. After the match ends, like Austin needs help from the referees. Yeah. He's dragging his feet. He can't like lift his feet up enough to walk. He's just dragging his feet around. Legion of refs help him hold the belt up. He barely rolls out of the ring, barely able to walk. That's the that's the end of the match. But uh Ryan wins. That brings Ryan record Ryan's record to 34 and 26. Congratulations, Ryan. And one, one draw. We can't forget about that. Shout out to Kenny Omega and Haruka. Let's see here. What was your main takeaway from that match, Ryan? What's Murphy's Law? In a world without rules, in a sport where only the strong survive, there's one man who has the guts to lay down. Murphy's Law. I mean, initially I was going to go with the the fake punches. Like, that was fucking bad. Right. (laughs) It was just really bad. I didn't like that. Um, But... This match became one of the most insane matches that I think I've ever watched. We've never, you know, it's funny. We've never seen anyone get 
I mean, we did see the Antonio Inoki versus Great Antonio match where it turned into like an actual fight, but we've never seen someone who like legitimately you can tell that guy's hurt for real right now. Well, and it was it was it was hard. Like as someone who come who came into this not knowing like the backstory, like mm-hmm. I would not have been able to really tell. Like it seems like kind of like you know you could play it off as him just being hurt. You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could you could totally tell with the pen, like that was yeah that was, it. <laughs> but but aside from that, like you know, just you always see these guys get played off as injured or whatever. But like you know, knowing the backstory, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Like that, is just, it, it makes it <laughs> just even wilder to like see that 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 was that was something else yeah and that's honestly like that's one of the main things about wrestling is like usually the only way you can tell unless it's something super super obvious uh the only way you can tell that something is like awry or a miss or like somebody's hurt is when something weird happens like if you notice something is like that seems weird why the fuck would they do that usually it's because oh somebody's hurt so they had to finish the match early or like something like you can usually put the puzzle pieces together and then the information comes out after the fact but but yeah like initially you may not necessarily know, but now with the benefit of hindsight, yeah. we know, oh, Austin was legit actually really hurt. And from this point forward, he would have neck issues for the remainder of his career that would eventually end up ending his career a little bit prematurely, actually. But It's the art of wrestling, man. It's the art of wrestling, yeah. yeah. I don't know if we – did we say what, what were your Murphy's Law is? What's the main takeaway? Did we say I, it? <sighs> don't break your opponent's neck. Is that the main <laughs> – I don't know. Like I, I thought I so go with the bad punches. Bad, but, bad punches. Yeah. Don't do bad I'm punches. <laughs> hey, wrestlers, don't uh, do bad punches. Come on, you. I mean, you got you're the most profound wrestler maybe in the game. You got to do better punches than that. That was that was so fucking bad. If it hadn't ended like that, like, way to kick a guy when he's down. He's fucking paralyzed, writhing on the ground. Like, hey, those punches could be a little bit better. He wasn't paralyzed at that point, Eric. He was fully fully functional. Like. <laughs> That's fair. I can't argue with that. All right, let's rank it. Man, this match. <laughs> I just a real roller coaster. I feel like this match deserves, and I don't know if I'm hyping this up too much, but I feel like it deserves some for what wrestling really is. Like, I feel like this match deserves a lot of credit. Like, okay, I want to put it where it belongs. <laughs> I mean, you're part. You're scaring me a little bit by what you're saying. But what what are we thinking here? Like I, like I want to put it in a great match. Okay, okay. But be, but it's in. It's tough because like this was a bad match. (laughs) This was not a good match. Uh If this hadn't ended the way it ended, this would have maybe been in bad. uh, Possibly, maybe like the higher end of or the lower end of okay. Okay, sure. For what? wrestling is why i'm here yeah i I, this is the art of wrestling and like they finished it they fucking did it like yeah um even though it's just i'm okay with with great great would be okay i was worried that you were going to start talking like top three level area and i was gonna i was gonna have you pump the brakes a little bit but great i can i can deal with i think maybe like maybe put it the new 11 keep it kind of you know okay so under underneath Dudley Boys, Hardy Boys, and Edgy yeah. Christian, the ladder, the triple threat ladder match, triple tag team ladder match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or wait, oh, that would bump that down. So that would be above that. Okay, maybe sorry, maybe they'll do number twelve. Okay. So above Sting versus Cactus Jack, falls count anywhere on the Gulf Coast, brother. 
Okay, new 12. New 12. New 12. Look, Looking forward to uh, maybe we'll get another top 10 here sometime in the, in the near future. You never know, everybody. You never know. Uh, our next match, for anybody who's curious, before we get into the, the wisdom tree, we're going back to Japan. Ryan, know how you love your Japanese wrestling. Not a lot of finger manipulation there. Not a lot of laying on the ground either. However, there may be a little bit of laying on the ground because we're going to involve the Golden Lovers? What in the world? Anyway, more on that next uh, Wrestle Talk episode that we got coming up in two weeks. But enough about that. We got to finish out this thang, this episode the same way that we always finish our wrestle talk, and that is with a little segment called Eric's Wisdom Tree. I'm going to appropriate somebody else's wisdom and add in my own wisdom on top of that. I think that's fine. Wisdom is wisdom. A man who we saw here today during our match, Stone Cold Steve Austin, he had at one point in time a podcast. Uh, it was a pretty popular podcast. I listened to it quite a few times myself. One of my favorite episodes of Steve Austin's podcast was the chronicling of his trip to the dentist. And so, and this is true. One of the things, one of the main takeaways that Steve Austin said on this podcast about his trip to the dentist was how his dent, his dentist recommended that he get and use an electric toothbrush as it is far more effective at cleaning your teeth than your standard, you know, I don't know what we're going to call the non-electric toothbrush. Let's call it that, non-electric toothbrush. Uh, which is which. when I heard that, I was like, you know what? If, if it's good enough for Steve Austin, it's good enough for me. And you know what I did? I bought an electric toothbrush, and I've never looked back. Is there a but? There's no but, but there's, there's an and. So that's Steve Austin's wisdom that I am now passing along to the Market Maniacs. Get an electric toothbrush. Your teeth... Well, thank you. Also, another bit of little dentist dentist tricks of the trade that they don't want you to know about. Uh, <laughs> flossing. That's a tough one. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a near 40-year-old man. The amount of flossing I've done, not as much as I would like to have done. Here's what you got to do. And I'm not saying this is going to make you a perfect flosser, but it's going to make it a lot easier. For years and years and years, we were all stuck with those little bullshit contraptions where you have to take the string out, wrap the string around your fingers, manipulate it somehow. I've got big fingers and a little mouth and I'm just trying. I can't do it. I can't do that. What you got to do, the little handheld flossers. Is it a little bit more expensive? It is. It is a little bit more expensive, but again, your teeth are going to thank you. It is far easier to get within those nooks and crannies betwixt your teeth. Uh, I'm telling you, you get an electric toothbrush, you get the little handheld flossers, your dental care will will skyrocket. We're, we're talking progress, not perfection. You will get better bit by bit with these things. Your chompers will thank you. I have the same setup both ways. Uh, I have electric toothbrush, and I also have the handheld Flossers. And I don't think they're, I mean, it's like three bucks and then you get a bag full of them. Dude. Yeah. How often? And between you and me, Markomaniacs, you could just reuse the little handheld flossers. And- <laughs> I, I would like to floss more than I do for real. You know? <laughs> for real. Yeah. Real talk. But it is hard to get your face. Flossing is fucking hard. Yes. I don't know how dental hygienists do it. I, it's a, it, I love it. That's, you know, you go to the dentist, they just floss for you. You know, you get your floss in once a year. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> no, like, twice it, a year. It, it's, it's every six months. 
Well, I last time I went to the dentist, they said I should go back three times a year because I hadn't been to the dentist in a while. I'm here's the thing, Eric. I'm an avid uh, like teeth brusher, and I, I like if minimum two times. I can't sleep without flossy. I can't go to work without or not floss, brush my teeth. Yeah, I can't. I can't go to work without brushing my teeth. Like avidly sometimes middle of the day like you know sure you just need to freshen up like i i love the feeling of a fresh brush mouth but i have been <laughs> bad about getting to the dentist and i have like i have good teeth you know the dentist is like hey great teeth but like you gotta scrape those things like yeah and that fucking that shit fucking hurts like i, I <laughs> <laughs> well teeth are bones so if it makes sense that you have great bones and great teeth yeah uh but i i don't know i mean teeth I, are the I, bones I fully, of the mouth you got to keep your teeth right, you know. That's right. You got to keep your teeth right. You got to keep them right. Like That's right. Uh, it's worth the I'm, money. I'm, I'm, Go electric. It's totally it's totally worth the money. Who who would not buy an electric toothbrush? I think that some should people be subsidized by the government or something. <laughs> it should you know? be. Like, you, you know what I've been intrigued by? And Mark Maniacs, if anybody's on board this train, I don't know if we have any 1%ers listening to us right now or not, but I've heard about those things where you like they they like just go over your teeth like you can get like a mold and like you just like hold it there and you don't you're not physically brushing anything you're not using your hands at all i think that that's a product that exists now it's like a thing that just goes over your teeth and will clean them that way i would be very intrigued to hear if that's worth the investment or not but i've used like crest ones that like they're supposed to whiten oh well that, this is different this is different than a whitening thing this nah, is like a brushing nah. System. I all say those things work, man. Like those whiteners, they're like weird, but like you know, you throw them on. I think you can only do it once every six months or something. But you yeah, can throw them on. Makes your teeth like, real sensitive. You know. Yeah, it does. It do- okay. Listen, big shot. It makes your teeth a little sensitive when you do whitening. Uh, that that's not that's not part of the wisdom. Like people can do that if they want, but that's not that's cosmetic. <laughs> I'm not co-signing that. I'm uh, all I'm saying is electric toothbrush and the little handheld flossers. I will stand by that. That I I stake my reputation on. Eric, I fully agree. I'm on board with your electric toothbrush. You know what? Fucking wisdom. when when we come together, Ryan and I, we make magic. The two of us agreeing on things, dental care. I got a picture. I got a picture of your fucking sandwich up on here on my sideboard. You know, <laughs> in the chat. Mufaletta time. Picture. <laughs> Have you had a mufaletta yet? You'll get there soon enough. Soon enough. All right. Well, we'll be back uh, end of June, June thirtieth. That's uh, that's next Thursday. If you're listening to this the day it came out. Uh, again, we are on a weekly format now. Rumpus time one week, followed by the Russell Talk the following week. So we uh, appreciate any feedback. If you like it, if you don't like it, let us know. We'll see how it goes. But episode 30, or not episode 30, June 30th will be the next episode. And so with that said, if you're not hard, get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard. That's all, folks. I love the feeling of a fresh brush mouth. 